This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. It is the Week 8 Waiver Wire Podcast here at FantasyPoints.com and the Fantasy Points Podcast Network. Welcome to the show. My name is Joe Dolan, and I am with Tom Brawley. As I am every Tuesday morning, breaking down the waiver wire and T bro. I think for the first time, maybe ever, there's no teams on buy in week eight. I don't know what the hell they're doing to us. They have they're extending the buys into into like week 17 this year, but no, not nobody on week eight. But hey, we'll go with the flow. And it coincides, Tom. Fortunately, not a whole lot of folks are on uh, nobody's on buy, and it coincides with kind of a light waiver wire week. There weren't any really massive massive injuries we will get to a couple uh th- this week um in-, in fantasy football so everybody's back in an action this week shouldn't be as hard to feel the lineup as it was in week seven yeah the the injuries were pretty light coming out of this week uh you know we had the Bijan situation in game but that's not a long-term oh. injury uh the Deshaun Watson situation well you know you probably have been looking elsewhere at quarterback anyway so uh, the, the only kind of big injury news was kind of Debo and that came out before their, their game in, in week yeah. seven against the Vikings. So other than that, and, and there's no real direct replacement for Debo. So, um, we'll take it. We, we like these weeks when the waiver wire isn't necessarily as important as it has been in the past. Uh, we're back to, you know, as you said, 16 full games. So, uh, you know, teams are at closer to full strength anyway. So, uh, a good time for this in the middle of the season. This doesn't always happen, but but we'll take it when it does happen. So let let's start um, at the running back position because I think that's where everybody likes to start their their waiver wire hunt. And the, there's no really new names on it, Tom. Except we got more clarity. We discussed it last week, obviously about Kyron Williams, and then of course they put Kyron Williams on injured reserve. So that ankle apparently he kept spraining it throughout the week. That must have been what happened. It was like well, Sean I, McVay. Sean McVay was lying through his teeth uh, quite a bit early in the week last week. You know he was you know talking about Zach Evans. Uh, you know who's uh, the next guy up, and and then we saw as the the week uh, progressed, they kept adding people off the practice squad and signing people. So yeah, uh, the early week stuff coming out of Sean McVay's mouth was not very accurate. Yeah, no, and I think when we picked it up and I recorded um, my morning show on Saturday, McVay's quotes late in the week were, well, Zach's here and he does some things. And it was pretty obvious that they were going to lean on Daryl Henderson uh, and and Royce Freeman. And that's what they did. Um, Henderson and Freeman, I think, Tom, if you're playing these guys, you could use them as a low, low end RB2. And if you get the fall into the end zone touchdown like you did from Henderson, you're really freaking happy about uh, starting them. That That's kind of what this is. It was basically a 50-50 split. Yeah, and we like this Rams offense overall. Over the last couple of years, they play with pace. The, the running backs will collect touches. And 
Uh, the big question this week is if Miles Gaskin will get into the mix because Zach Evans very clearly won't be in the mix. Uh, <laughs> no work last week uh, after elevating two guys that really, I mean, Henderson was out of the league and Freeman was on the practice squad. So they hadn't really done anything up until this point and Evans couldn't even get on the field. So he's out of the picture. Uh, the question now is, will Gaskin uh, potentially work in some passing situations? But uh, hopefully it kind of stays as this two-back rotation with Henderson and Freeman. Henderson is the priority pickup. He's, you know, the, just the the better player overall. Um, and he was able to come through last week. Um, uh, and we'll, we'll see. This is a little bit of a uh, – they have the Cowboys coming up. They've been run on a little bit. Uh, they got the Packers and then uh, by and then Seattle. So uh, not the easiest slate, but – uh, Dallas has been sneakily run on uh, Green Bay as well. And uh, Seattle's tightened up over the last couple of weeks, but it's a nice little stretch here. While, while both Kyron and uh, uh, Ronnie rivers are on uh, the injured reserve. So we got three games with these guys. So, Hey, fill in here time. I, I you may, might not necessarily need them this week with all 32 teams back in play, but uh, we'll go back to buys yep. in weeks nine and uh, 11 since they're on by in week 10. But uh, so they can certainly be useful as, you know, I, I think Will Henderson is probably in that low end RB two range, and Freeman could be a flex play for you in the next couple of weeks. If you're, um, I, I think one of my least favorite things to do in fantasy football is to play the waiver wire defensively with a bad team and play it reactively. You know, we go and we pick up freaking De Mercado for the Cardinals oh. last week, and he gets three touches. This week, everybody's dropped him. And he leads that backfield in work. They don't even use Keontae Ingram. I think Damian Williams gets one touch. And Dee Mercado, uh, against the Seahawks, kind of acquitted himself well. He had 13 carries, four receptions, um, averaged over four yards a touch, kept their offense on schedule. I, I mean, Tom, this is kind of my least favorite type of guy to go after because you saw him just absolutely uh, – I don't even want to say he crapped the bed. He played 43% of the staff, and they just never gave him the football two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. But, I, I mean, it looks like he's going to start the next two weeks. It looks that way. We'll, we'll see what Gannon does this week. Uh, he certainly switched it up on us a couple of times already. But uh, I, I was... I was screaming at my computer as I, was, I you know, because I, I write this article up on Sundays after the game start to finish. And it's like eight o'clock and I'm writing up Amari DiMercato. And I'm yelling at my computer like, what are you doing, Gannon? You stupid ass. You're, you, you know, you're switching it up on us. And uh, I was so mad because I, I went out and got him in a couple of leagues and I dropped them. And uh, so I feel everybody's pain out there. We'll pick them up here. Maybe we'll throw them into a flex. Uh, the problem is they got two brutal matchups before Connor comes back. Mm. They have the Ravens and they have the Browns. So he's not not a whole lot of upside. They're going to get smoked in both these games. The Cardinals have, uh, and sp specifically Josh Dobbs, have certainly come back to earth here the last couple of weeks. It looks like Kyler Murray, uh, they're going to be very, you know, they've been slow playing it, you know, this entire season so far. And uh, it looks like he's probably going to be on the sidelines for another two weeks before, you know, they're kind of uh, angling for week 10, I believe, against the Falcons. So uh, DiMarcado is back to the top of this, uh, you know, backfield. I wouldn't go nuts again uh, in terms of fab or waiver position, but he is worth a few bucks. Uh, maybe, maybe he could be a flex play for people out there. If yeah. they thank God, like let's, 
stick to this, you know, him at the top and let's get Keontae Ingram who stinks out of the picture. Uh, Damian Willem, Williams hasn't been relevant in multiple years. Let's, let's stick with the D Mercado who's actually shown something when he's been given touches. Yeah, I want to keep going here with uh, with the running backs, Tom, because this is going to be the big focus of this podcast. Um, Devin Singletary of Houston. This is one where people might have forgotten what happened two weeks ago because the Texans went on by. But offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, essentially in, in a masterful bit of word salad, um, <laughs> essentially said, hey, uh, Damian Pierce doesn't fit our offense before their last game in week, in, uh, week six. Um, and then all of a sudden... Devin Singletary comes out, out snaps Pierce, out produces Pierce in week in week six, and nobody picked up Singletary because they were on by. And he's available in just as many leagues as Amari Di Mercado. And there's a chance he becomes the starting running back on a team that is way better offensively than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I think he's at the very least, he's a player you pick up this week, maybe a you put on your bench. Uh, we're back to full roster. So you might not even need them anyway uh, with nobody on by. So you can uh, observe. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. You can observe what's going to go on here. Uh, maybe, maybe they turn it back to Damian Pierce. He did have a whole ton of, you know, he was up over like 20 carries the two weeks prior to week six. So it seemed like it was a, a decision that they made heading into week six. You know, as you touched on with the Sloak press conference, uh, was one little uh, you know data point we got there, and then we actually saw them, um, you know, bring in you know actually play Singletary more in Week Six. So uh, we're, we'll see what they you know we'll kind of monitor it this week, see what they say. Uh, uh, you know, leading up to this week's game against the Panthers, a, a pretty good matchup. I, I don't know if Singletary is necessarily a guy I want to play this week, but uh, we can stick him on the our rosters here. See what happens again this week, and then maybe with some confidence we can start to play him in Week Eight if he outsnaps and outtouches Damian Pierce for a second consecutive game. Uh, Tajay Spears, um, we're, we're not going to. We've been hitting on Tajay Spears significantly in this podcast, Tom. I just one more item that has that has changed. I I, I would add Tajay Spears in any league where he's available. It's basically half of Yahoo leagues. They traded Kevin Byard, their star safety, to the Eagles. Um, mm-hmm. There is an absolute chance Derrick Henry gets traded here and Tajay Spears becomes a, a a bell cow on what would be a bad team, but a bell cow nonetheless. So I would add Tajay Spears wherever he's available. Yeah, we got the trade deadline next uh, next Tuesday, October 31st. So we'll see just how far the Titans are going to take their, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not going to call it a tank, but they're resetting the roster a little bit. We thought they might be doing this in years past and, it looks like they might finally be doing it. They're they're coming to the realization that uh, they don't have the roster to necessarily compete, even in the AFC South and uh, the AFC overall. So it could be Spears' time uh, coming up in the near future. And even if they don't um, uh, trade Derrick Henry, I I could see them getting Spears more into the mix anyway in the second half of the season. Uh, you know because he's going to be their back moving forward here. It doesn't seem like Henry will be part of the picture in future seasons. So uh, might as well get Spears more reps in the second half of the season. So he's certainly a player to pick up and put on your bench for the time being. Two guys who are available in virtually every league. I always like to get guys here who are available yeah. in virtually every league, Tom. We're going to hit on them quickly. Number one, Jerome Ford has a high ankle sprain. They're calling it a mild high. high ankle. Yeah, so it's a whatever. low high ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, uh, and when Jerome Ford left that game for Cleveland, he's expected to miss. They they said a game or two, but it seems that these ankles, it's always lo- on the longer end of that. 
Um, Pierre Strong actually outsnapped Kareem Hunt. Now, Kareem Hunt is the guy, if he if he's out there, which he's not, and probably in your league, you pick up Hunt because he's going to get the goal line work. But Pierre Strong actually outsnapped him. And at, at this stage of the season, you might just need snaps from a running back. Yeah, and maybe you've been riding forward and you, you don't have a whole lot of depth behind them. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what this happens in this backfield. I would expect maybe Hunt gets bumped in. You know, they they kind of do this 60-40 split in this backfield we've seen for many years with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, it started to develop that way with Ford and Hunt uh, in, in that kind of 60-40 here. But so maybe Hunt gets bumped up to that 60% role where he's leading the carries and and touches and but here are Pierre Strong is certainly going to be in the mix. They don't want to hand and the the other thing is you know Hunt came into last week he was a like a game time decision. He was very close to not playing, so he's already pretty banged up. So I doubt that they want to go give him like a bell cow role this week if he's a little you know he's not completely healthy. And uh, we saw last week that they mixed in Pierre Strong pretty heavily. So uh, yeah, he, I'm not suggesting he's going to be a, a, a big difference maker this week, but he could be a guy that gets you 10 or 12 touches and uh, you know, maybe he catches a couple passes as well. So uh, Pierre Strong is certainly a, a guy to add. If you, you've been riding Jerome Ford here, uh, you know, off of the long touchdown run last week, Chris Rodriguez of the Washington commanders, this guy, every league he's out there. Um, he is starting to play more, and Brian Robinson is has been very ineffective the last three weeks, averaging under three yards a carry. Um, Chris, Ro- Chris Rodriguez, look, there's always a chance this just becomes a sloppy three-man backfield in which nobody's relevant, but we know they don't trust Antonio Gibson. Ron Rivera wants to run the football because Sam Howell's on track to be sacked more than any quarterback of all time. And Chris Rodriguez might provide them with a little bit of effectiveness as that early down banger in Washington. Again, if you need a running back who's a speculative ad who might be getting snaps going forward. Yeah, it's been uh, rough sledding for Robinson. He had a nice start to the season, but uh, he he has been unable to really get going in the last couple of weeks. And he's not even getting the volume, which he you know previously got early in the season. So Rodriguez is a... He's a, a you know a power runner kind of like Robinson, and uh, maybe he gets mixed into the in, into this backfield more. And heck, I mean, we were talking about trade deadline. I mean, there's a chance. I mean, the Commanders hate Antonio Gibson, so uh, I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they try to move him uh, by the deadline and you know pick up a, a real late day three pick. Uh, they've been trying to kind of phase him out for the last couple of years. So why don't we just get him off the roster and get a, a draft pick at this point and let's play our rookie and. Brian Robinson, you know, kind of give them the backfield. So uh, that's always a potential to happen here. Uh, At wide receiver, Tom, most of the decent options are available in maybe two thirds of Yahoo leagues. Obviously, you go you go get Josh Downs and Kendrick Bourne right now, though. Like those are the guys. Bourne was one of those guys like a D Mercado who you'd picked up after a good early season showing, and then he fell off because they were stupidly using bad players, and then they decide they're actually going to put good players back in the lineup in <laughs> Kendrick Bourne and Pop Douglas. But Josh Downs, Kendrick Bourne, two guys who um, are are kind of target hogs right now for their respective teams. Yeah, Bourne is uh, really popped for uh, three games with 17 or more fantasy points. Uh, we're looking for that kind of upside. So um, he has a decent floor if he's going to continue to play a lot. He was at 95% of the snaps. Uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was unable to play on Sunday, and it 
may have been a healthy scratch because uh, they were, you know, he practiced all week. So uh, there's a chance that they kind of, I mean, we've seen they, they, they've they two, two of their best offensive performances have come when Kendrick Bourne has been the, the focal point of this offense against the Eagles. And then last week against the bills. So why would you go away from that again? Uh, it's clear that Mac Jones has, you know, some sort of connection with them. And uh, he's shown us a, a pretty high ceiling at times this year. So, Bourne is a, you know, we'll see what the Patriots do. They've been all over their map with how they use players. Uh, but uh, they're, they found success playing Bourne a lot and feeding him targets. So, uh, and Josh Downs, this is a guy, you know, we've highlighted for the last couple of weeks, especially when it looked like Minshew was going to be starting for the rest of the year, the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, career best, season best, 23 and a half fantasy points last week, long touchdown on the, uh, uh, you know, the offsides penalty on the, on the Browns and they, Hey, chuck it deep to Josh Downs. And it, uh, went for a long score and he's playing a lot. Alec Pierce has been very quiet in this offense. And, uh, this is an offense that's going to skew a little more pass heavy with get Gardner Minshew at quarterback over Anthony Richardson. So, uh, Pittman and Downs are kind of locked in as those two guys that are going to get a lot of targets in this offense every week. So these two guys, uh, I expect them to be over 50% owned after this week. It's a terrible wide receiver week on the waiver wire. Uh, but these two guys are still out there in quite a, quite a few leagues. Uh, one more wide receiver I want to hit on, Tom. Then we're going to hit on a tight end and then get, get out of here for, uh, for week eight. Um, Jalen Hyatt of the New York Giants, and this one is volatile because I think he's really going to be a big player bust type of receiver. And also, I mean, I think there's a very easy argument to be made that Tyrod Taylor's played better than Daniel Jones. And if Daniel Jones comes back into the lineup, maybe that <laughs> offense goes into the crapper again. Hey, look, I'm not trying to say that they, they've been great on offense. I think they've scored 23 points the last two weeks, but there's obviously something here. Uh, uh, with 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 Jalen Hyatt, and they've kind of shortened up their their running back rotation. Yeah, uh, it's been two consecutive games. They've uh, basically taken uh, Paris Campbell's completely gone out of the rotation. Hodgins has still seen some snaps, but he's his uh, his routes have been significantly reduced the last two weeks. It's a whole lot of time. Uh, uh, Jalen Hyatt and Wandale Robinson next to Darius Slayton. They've kind of picked those three guys as their. Uh, go to receivers now, and we'll see if Tyrod plays another game. I feel better about Jalen Hyatt and Wandale and uh, Darius Slayton and Darren Waller while Tyrod's in the lineup because um, it, it's been better. I mean, just the the decision making at quarterback, you know, getting the ball out quick, uh, not taking as many sacks, and uh, Taylor has been the better option at quarterback so far this season between the two. So, uh, high, you know, it's going to be all or nothing with Hyatt. It's he's kind of like Deshaun Jackson light uh, coming out of Tennessee last year. Uh, it's big plays or bust, but uh, maybe if you're in a non PPR format and you're just looking for, you know, the, a player with big play potential, uh, he's certainly a guy that needs to be on some radars in deeper leagues. Dalton Kincaid of Buffalo. He's rostered in about 40% of Yahoo leagues. Um, Tom, they, the, the the Dalton Kincaid detractors proved right through the first seven weeks of the season, or at least first six weeks of the season. Teams that have two tight ends have no tight ends. You know, that's usually the, that's usually the, except the, I guess, except the Falcons. <laughs> well, do they have any tight end? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, but, um, <laughs> that's the big But that was kind of the, the, the theme there for Buffalo. But Dawson Knox injures his wrist. He's going to miss a lot of time. And Dalton Kincaid led the Bills in receptions in their loss this week to the Patriots. 
Um, he's got to be pretty much a locked in tight end one right now. You would think until until and if Dawson Knox gets back. Yeah, and this was a guy that was dropped quite a bit uh, out there in 42% of Yahoo leagues. He had the concussion and missed in week six. So people, you know, it was slow going anyway through the first five weeks of the season. Uh, so he was just just a real low dot type of player. Uh, nothing real downfield. Um, still still not a great, you know, eight catches for 75 yards. It's still still no, not as many big plays as maybe we were expecting, uh, you know, out of him uh, coming out of Utah. He showed some potential to get down the field and uh, make plays, but has yet to really happen. But maybe this is the start of something. Uh, that offense was broken for much of the game last week. Uh, Bill Belichick does what he does best and took out uh, Stefan Diggs, and uh, nobody was really stepping up at receiver behind him. Uh, Dalton Kincaid was the guy that did it, and maybe that builds a little trust, and uh, maybe that can go a long way here. Uh, we're, we're really hurting at the tight end position, but Kincaid's arrow is pointing straight up. Uh, we'll see what the deal is with Knox, but surgery, I mean, uh, I would think that maybe he's a candidate for the IR here later this week. At the very least, I would think that he misses a couple of games while while that uh, heals up. Uh, Sean McDermott gave it, uh, I believe he said, indefinite yesterday. So uh, I would, you know, expect at least the next two to three games that Knox would be on the shelf. So even then, if you're just looking for a yeah. short-term fill-in, Kincaid is that guy, and maybe he develops into something more here. T-Bro, it was a quick week eight on the waiver wire here because a lot of teams are are coming out of buy and a lot of the waiver wire options right now are kind of look ahead options, not the blow your fab kind of options that you see earlier in the season. Check out the waiver wire article at fantasypoints.com. 100 plus players covered uh, from from the from quarterbacks down, all the way down to kickers and defenses are covered in the waiver wire article. Use code GURIFIC25, which is in the show notes, to get 25% off our NFL standard or premium package on top of what is already 50% off because we're halfway through the season. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the waiver wire podcast. Thanks to Tom Brawley at Tom Brawley on Twitter. I'm at FG underscore Dolan. Have a good one, everybody, and good luck on those waivers. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.